We finally made it, folks. It was a long and cold off-season. The days, they, they stretched on after a few devastating ways to end the 2022-23 campaign. But we sit here today, Wednesday, August 30th, finding ourselves back to another Ohio State Buckeyes football season. Uh, the first opponent for Ohio State. Uh, the first game takes place this Saturday. We look forward to it. Here to get the season started, I got a round of introductions on a few previous guests who are back to join us. On We're going to do a little bit of a roundtable heading into the first game this season, but back with me now, as always, my co-host, Adam Vonderhaar. Adam, how you doing? Excited to be back. One of the best weeks of the year. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> Let's go, Buckeyes. All right. Appreciate that. Audio listeners at home, thank you uh, for listening. Moving on, uh, our, our brother out there uh, with the Richmond, north of Richmond, uh, make, making his home in the, in the cesspool that is in Washington, D.C., Stanford. Stanley Skokie, how you doing? Well, hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Uh, I always look forward to this college football season and, of course, talking with my uh, two good buddies. Just some absolute brothers on the call today. And then our, our guy, you know, with us from day one on the podcast, uh, if you're ready to buy, you know, a brand new, beautiful John Deere riding lawnmower and you're located anywhere in the central to northwest to southwest central Ohio area, Abram Zehenbauer is ready to hook you up. Abram, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, end of the mowing season uh, coming up here. Still got a couple more weeks of uh, grass growing season. Um, so, you know, hey, there might be deals out there. So uh, what are you going to do? Excited, Sounds for like the, uh, excited for Buckeye season. Love it. Sounds like the perfect time to get your paws on your new riding zero turn mower. Uh, throw them Z glides on it. If you're feeling fancy, Abram will hook you up. Walk on out there to the Ag Pro in Hilliard. Uh, boys, thank you for joining tonight. Uh you know, for us, it feels like, you know, essentially a holiday in itself, right? The kickoff for Ohio State football takes place this Saturday, September 2nd at 3.30. And with it, we've got a lot to discuss. Um, before we get into the game itself, uh, Ryan Day made news yesterday uh, with his weekly press conference. Um, pretty hesitant to say anything about it. Adam and I discussed it a little bit in last week's episode, uh, but definitely you know, a little bit of extra juice in this offseason due to the quarterback battle taking place between Kyle McCord, uh, redshirt junior, I believe, and then Devin Brown, uh, who is a redshirt sophomore coming into the program. He's been in the program one year. I may have those terms mixed up, but we got two guys coming here, coming in here to battle for that starting position. A lot of people kind of thought Kyle McCord, it was kind of a foregone conclusion that he'd be named starter. Uh, didn't happen in the spring, didn't happen after the spring game, even after Devin Brown suffered a hand injury, um, even through the summer and then through fall camp. No starter has been named until yesterday when Coach Day comes out and says both fellas are going to play, but Kyle McCord with his consistency over the last two weeks of camp heading into the season has earned the privilege of starting the Buckeyes' first game of the season. Uh, this Saturday versus Indiana. We'll get to Indiana in a second, but just a little bit of a round robin. Any thoughts on the quarterback battle? Um, you know, these two guys, obviously we haven't seen a lot of them, uh, but any initial thoughts, Adam, we'll start with you. Um, you know, I, I've made my point clear. I'm a Devin Brown guy. I'm happy to be proven wrong on that. Uh, I just think the, the younger dog uh, chases the raccoon up the tree better. But uh, something interesting I saw on Twitter was, 
part of that quote from Ryan Day was that they both agreed to it. They both agreed uh, for Kyle McCord to be a starter, which I don't know if that was just a weird way he said that or if that's the new version of uh, college football where you kind of need consensus from the room or else they're going to transfer. Basically do what I say or I'm out of here. I don't know. Just an interesting quote I saw. It's a great point. Stan, we'll go to you next. But the thing to add in there on, on that, Adam, when Devin Brown committed to Ohio State, you know, it was a pretty crowded quarterback locker room. C.J. Stroud obviously was locked in as the starter. Kind of seemed like a foregone conclusion. McCord was going to take over after him. But when, when Devin Brown committed, we also had a young fella, five-star recruit from Texas by the name of Quinn Ewers, who was already sitting here in the program. Uh, and, and a lot of people thought, you know, the prodigal son, a guy who's going to take over, that didn't make Devin Brown flinch at all. He still decided to come here and, you know, pursue that starting job as quarterback. So I don't, I hope that he's not concerned about that. We'll see in the coming weeks, but Stan, anything on the QB competition? Yeah, I just think I, I mean, I, I trust Ryan Day obviously more than my eyes. We haven't really seen Devin Brown play in a game, um, where he's not handing the ball off, you know, spring game was great, but that's, you know, that's always different. So I think it's, you know, I think it shows that Kyle McCord has that, you know, experience from being on the team for a while. Um, I think he will, you know, like, like they said, he'll get the start, but I think we'll see a lot of Devin Brown mixed in on, you know, actual offensive plays, not, you know, second string when we're up by 40 points. So I think he's really going to use these first three games, which I think everyone expected, but I think we'll, we'll really know after the third game, who's going to be QB one. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as a plan goes on this, uh, you know, I, obviously I think everybody would agree that you'd rather the starter have been figured out sometime in camp going into this season, but the schedule does set up, you know, pretty favorably for the Buckeyes to have a little bit of a competition going into this season before you have your first, you know, super, super real test, uh, in Notre Dame, uh, in week four, um, you know, just to add into that, Stanley, I, I, I really think day, if, if one of these guys goes out there and takes it Saturday, I think that Day would prefer to just go ahead and name them and, and be ready to roll, you know, going into Youngstown State in week two. Um, but but we'll see what happens. Abram, anything else on the quarterbacks? Baby, baby, you are muted, my brother. No problem. Yep. I just wanted to uh, point out there that uh, I did predict off pod to you guys that, uh, that it was going to be McCord uh, simply based on a uh, – whether you want to call it cryptic or not, uh, NIL sponsorship from uh, noted uh, golf polo brand Roback. Uh, Kyle McCord is now a Roback athlete. Um, Roback has been doing athletes all summer, and for him to kind of come in here, you know, last Thursday, real close to the season, I saw that as like, all right, he told them, hey, wait until I'm an out starter. I don't want this to be like awkward if I'm an athlete for you guys, um, and then I'm not an out starter. So I saw that, kind of figured that that's what was going on. I don't know if that's accurate. I just that was the vibe I was getting. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do. I think if I had to go between the two, I uh, I tend tended to lean towards uh, Kyle, just based on you know seniority and just from the discussion that Coach Day was talking about. Like we don't know, you know, no none of them are like pulling away from each other. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, I think this was the right decision, and we'll see. I guess like you, like you said, schedule's favorable, so we'll see. Yeah, and it's an interesting way to start the season, and for us as fans, you know, there's some anxiety obviously when there's not one quarterback, you know, one guy to point to going into the season. Um, 
Abram and Adam, you know, we can point back to that uh, defending national championship year uh, in 2015 when JT Barrett and Cardell Jones kind of went back and forth with, you know, Coach Meyer at the helm. Uh, nobody wants that. You know, that that's recent history. And, and we knew just kind of how much kind of confusion that threw into the season and the receivers had trouble. It seemed like getting in sync with the quarterback. So the quicker you're able to start that relationship, start that timing, start getting used to each other, it does seem like the better. I mean, you know, hi history disproves that only a few times. You know, you had Jalen Hurts and Tua, uh, Tunga Viola back with Alabama, you know, a handful of years ago, and they were able to make it work. But that was only in the championship game and, and such a unique situation that you'd never, you know, wish that upon a fresh season such as this. And especially, you know, th there's a lot going into this. Uh, Abram, I would agree with you on, on the McCord front, you know, he's got a few things going for him, uh, least of which not being, he was Marvin Harrison Jr.'s high school quarterback, you know, that, that has to count for something. Obviously there's a relationship there, uh, going back a, a handful of years and who's the best player on this Buckeye team. Nobody's meant some words about it. We have a Heisman favorite, you know, receiver in Marvin Harrison Jr. That, that draft analysts are already talking about him being a top five pick next year. So, you know, that, that was kind of the, the joke last week was like, you know, the coaches can be split. The players can be split. Who does Marvin Harrison want throwing him the ball? You know, at the end of the day, th that, that's really kind of as simple as it is this year. Um, the good news is, and this is, you know, this this new rich environment that we live in as Buckeye fans. Brian Hartline has built the offense and, and Ryan Day as well as the quarterback whisperer. But the 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 stable of wide receivers that have been created here at Ohio state. Uh, there's no better QB room to go into or situation to go into in the country. And I'm confident in our head coach slash quarterback whis uh, whisper Ryan day that he's going to make the right decision. We'll see what it looks like. And I'm excited to look for it on Saturday uh, before we get into the game. It's Oh, Adam, do you have something to chime in with? Just a little point is that people love to kick around. Marvin Harrison Jr., Kyle McCord, they went to the same high school, St. Joseph's Preparatory School in Philadelphia. So did Jim Knowles. Now, obviously not at the same time, but it is interesting. All right, back to you. Yeah, appreciate that little fun fact, Adam. Yeah, Jim Knowles, you know, and Jim Knowles was quoted this week in saying, you know, the thing that he does like about McCord, because he was asked that exact question, you know, alumni of the same high school. Um, the thing that he likes about McCord is just his consistency and his calm presence that he brings to the offense, right? He's not going to like blow you away with a sports center, you know, top five uh, running play as a quarterback. He's not, he, he can move, he's going to run it at times, but he's not that like, you know, Johnny Manziel running around the field kind of player. He wants to find a comfortable spot in the pocket and deliver a pass where it needs to be, when it needs to be there. And for this offense, that might be exactly what we need. You know, Devin Brown brings a little more agility. We're going to get to see hopefully both of them on Saturday. Uh, looking forward to it. With that, uh, before we get into our opponent on Saturday, too specifically, uh, I just I want the folks at home to understand a little bit of a difference that we're going to be seeing in Big Ten football starting at 3.30 p.m. this Saturday. That's right, folks. The Big Ten is on CBS. This Saturday, Ohio State and Indiana have the honor of opening up the new TV contract uh, with CBS. They'll be playing the first game uh, there with them. But, you know, if you grew up watching a lot of college football, you're very familiar with this theme song. Uh, it has been, you know, kind of the, the running uh, theme of the SEC for a number of years. And finally, they've wised up and they're ready to, 
you know, put some real football on their network, obviously up here that we have in the Big Ten. Uh, say that a little tongue in cheek, but Ohio State, it, it really is cool. You know, this is a new era for the conference. Um, I don't think it's any coincidence at all that Ohio State is going to be the first team that's represented on the new network uh, to start this season. Uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, it's kind of a it's a nerdy thing, right, to even be concerned about the networks. But I do know one thing. We're not like that team up north. You don't have to download an app to see the Ohio State uh, play their first game. You're going to see it right there on one of the main channels on CBS. So very, very cool thing. Stanley, you got something to chime in with. Yeah, I just want to add, you You know, you mentioned the new you know, CBS contract, and this will be new for Big Ten fans and probably fans across the country. But this is also the last season of college football as we know it, too. You know, conference realignments begin next year. Already kind of took over this year with the Big 12. And new college football playoff format begins next year. So whatever whatever college football we knew, it's, it's you know, it's over after this season. So, you know, enjoy That's it a- as much as we can. That's a great point, Stan, and and there's enough there for a whole nother podcast that we can definitely get into at some point, you know. But you know, for us, this has really been our generation of college football uh, is not what's coming to an end, but the, you know, the Final Four, right? That was kind of something that we all got to enjoy, you know, throughout our undergrad. Um, you know, you, you got a little bit more breathing room because it wasn't just the top two from the BCS era that got to play for a national championship. There were four spots. But with those four spots, you knew you're really getting pretty much one team per conference. You know, there's a few exceptions for that. Um, and, you know, especially with us here in the Big Ten. But, you know, w- when it goes to a top 12 and, it go, you know, it, the playoff expands that much more, um, you know, you, you, you lose a little bit of that living and dying every single Saturday and needing those wins, right? Uh, we saw it a, a number of years where Ohio State was able to survive, you know, one loss early in the season and still make the playoffs. Um, you know, after this year, Ohio State's going to be able to have a couple losses and still, you know, find their way into the playoff. But you're right, Stan, we get to enjoy it. And I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, after this year, it turns into musical chairs a little bit. And and even the, the teams that you get to play each year are going to shift. Uh, quite a bit. So I don't want to go too far down that road because obviously we got a game Saturday, but a great point and it's well taken. Um, I guess we got one other, uh, you know, kind of conversation to have and that that's with our opponent on Saturday and, and, and with our opponent. I, I think we all should just go around the room right now and just say something nice about the state of Indiana. Okay. You can dig deep into your pockets, d- dig deep into your wheel well, Uh, You know, something nice. Obviously, I-70 runs all the way across that state. Very reliable highway. A lot of potholes, especially when you get into the Hoosier State. Um, For me, probably my favorite thing about Indiana is the the film Hoosiers. And and obviously, that's the reason that I got the theme music playing here. Uh, but, But just real quick, I'll go around the circle. Adam, favorite thing about Indiana? Well, you, Ryan, you did steal my thunder because my point I was going to make was they must have a lot of mo- money going to, you know, state hospitals and schools and stuff because it's clear they put zero tax dollars into infrastructure. The roads are terrible. You drive all the way from Richmond to Terre Haute and it's one long bumpy road. Let me tell you, uh, you, you don't have a chance to be texting and driving. You need both hands on the wheel at all times or else, you, I mean, you'll be on the side, you'll be in the berm, you'll be in a cornfield. But that being said, it's a lovely state. I live. I could throw a football and hit Indiana, a substation right next to my house. And, and the corn looks like it could be as good as what I grow here. But, you know, it's it's questionable. That's all I've got. 
it leaves it leaves you wanting. Um, I know a guy like Stanley from the big city, you know, making all the big decisions from that rooftop, a kind of kind of castle, you know, out there in Washington D.C. Probably has never even been to a Midwestern state like Indiana, but you know, Stanley, anything just to share uh, about the state of Indiana. Yeah, well, apparently I've never been there, but uh, when we go our you know great trips to the Big Ten Championship the last few years, you know, when that's we were a, in undergrad, that's a great one. We had some great memories in the state of Indiana, and I think those you know that has to be the best thing to ever happen to the state was us coming there. It's got to be the saving grace, as Lucas Oil you know Field and the Big Ten Championship they do a fine job there in Indianapolis. Abe, anything else to chime in with? Yeah, uh, I mean. My original thought was to say the nicest thing I can say about Indiana is that it's not Pennsylvania, but I'm not going to say that. I, I could say that, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> no, my real thing that I'm going to say is, uh, yeah, just a lot of time spent in that state, uh, going to you know national FFA convention, um, going to Big Ten championships, uh, the such, um, and all of those combined. Indianapolis is a great city. Um, able to like get from one point on one side of the city or i guess at least in downtown from one point to the other without like actually going outside and you know some of those midwestern winters they get pretty cold i remember 2013 big 10 championship uh it got down to like five degrees standing outside not great so uh any city that can allow visitors to come uh come visit and uh you know experience the city without actually experiencing the uh the cold weather uh that's pretty great I love it, guys. You've absolutely crushed this segment. Um, you can't forget the exit uh, at Richmond. You can't forget Chili's on the way to the Big Ten Championship. All right. Yeah. That was my Co- one good thing. Some some chicken poppers from uh, Chili's, the triple chicken dipper uh, combo. Unbelievable. South- Southwest chicken egg roll. Thank you. Are you kidding me? On your way to the Big Ten Championship. It, it truly is unbeatable. It's an it's a immaculate state. You know, beautiful people. Uh, great, great place to vacation if your team is in the Big Ten Championship on one weekend in December. That's probably the best time uh, to do anything over there. With that being said, uh, you know, this this uh, season preview is going to look a little different than a lot of them. There's not a lot to be known about Indiana because they had a ton of players transfer outside of the program uh, this offseason. They've got a lot of new, new faces, new names uh, in the program this year. Tom Allen couldn't commit, similar to Ryan Day this week, to a starting quarterback. Um, I know Taven Jackson, uh, who is a freshman from Greenwood, Illinois, uh, Indiana, is up for the starting job. Uh, and then I think the other guy is Brendan Soresby, who is also a freshman from Denton, Texas. Those are at least who their bloggers are saying the job is down to. Just like quarterback, uh, Tom Allen didn't want to commit to a kicker. So a lot of mind games being played uh, out of Bloomington this week ahead of the game. Um, m- most Ohio State fans don't really care, uh, especially at this point, uh, what the names are on the jerseys or who's going to be playing for Indiana. A lot of people have the same expectations, right? Ohio State needs to roll into town, handle business, and at the at the you know kind of the top of that list would be at least show some evidence for who the starting quarterback should be as we get into some larger games later in this season. Um, I, I kind of want to start the question there, and we don't have to go on too long about this, but. You know, guys, there's guys up and down the depth chart, a lot of new names that we're going to get to see, um, at least on the defense, on the back end of the defense, we're going to see some new some new names and a little bit on the offense, especially at the offensive line. we got a handful of new starters, but just kind of want to go around the room and hear just a player that you're excited to watch, maybe outside of the quarterbacks uh, on Saturday. Adam, 
we'll start with you. Well, just a point uh, from a hot mic on Tom Allen this week about what he's excited about about his defense is he's very excited about the defensive line, and he said the corners and secondary are pretty young. So that makes me excited about our wide receivers. I think uh, hopefully it's a big day for them, uh, especially if uh, Indiana coach is already worried about it. So that's what I got. Yeah, anytime uh, coaches, you know, even questioning their corners at all, that is bad news uh, for their defense when this offense rolls into town. If the receivers have anything to say about it, Stan, what are you looking forward to on Saturday? I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing this new defense. I know we saw a little bit of Jim Knowles' defense last year, but, um, you know, we had those last two games of the season where the defense really crumbled. So, um, you know, I'm a little more worried about defense coming in I know the offense that has weapons you know I'm not too worried about quarterback I'm definitely looking at Sonny Styles. you know hearing great things from him out of camp supposed to be playing nickel or and you know switching between safety Um, I think that's a great position for him Uh, I know Jim Knowles has been very high on him out of the press conferences this you know through camp and everything so really looking forward to how he performs yeah, Sonny Styles and C.J. Hicks are, were kind of the guys that got recruited into last year's class from Ohio that, you know, I think a lot of Buckeye fans, myself included, pointed to of like, okay, the reset for Ohio State's defense starts with these guys, right? We have good guys in the program. We can talk about Jack Sawyer, J.T., Tui Malowal, um, you know, some unbelievable talent on the defensive line, Tommy Eichenberg at, at, at linebacker. You know, you're returning a ton of talent. But where is that influx going to come from that turns it from an OK defense that plays pretty well for a lot of the season, but can get exposed, you know, in the biggest games to a pride point, you know, returning to kind of that defense that Luke Fickle, you know, had here in the mid teens. Um, Abram, what else are you excited for Saturday? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of talk um, about our receiving core. Um, and how, you know, we start going number one, number two, number three, Marvin, Nemeka, uh, maybe Carnell. Um, and then you get, you know, you go to the other side of it and go, all right, well, now you got this run game. That's going to, that's going to be crazy. We might be three or four running backs deep that could, that could be potential starters. Um, so I guess in terms of things I'm excited, I'm obviously excited about that, but like one player that I'm specifically excited to see get a great start to his season is uh, tight end Kate Stover. Not a lot being talked about. Well, I guess on my end, a lot being talked about by Kate, uh, you know, for Kate. But in terms of like season overall, by some of the talking heads, not a lot of Kate Stover talk. Um, some of these preseason, even Big Ten lists are aren't even putting him in the top five tight ends in the Big Ten. Um, I feel like that's a little bit of disrespect because before his injury, he was. He was out there stunting on Georgia, um, which was the invention of a national champion. Uh, that's that's not easy. So um, look for him to have a great first game of the season to get get started. Um, you know, setting up his potential uh, second round draft pick status. Uh, you know, at the end of the season. So that's who I'm excited for. I, lo- I love it, Abe, and and calling your shot. You know, we've been Cade Stover podcast from legitimately day one. This is year six of the podcast. I believe we were talking about Cade in year one of the podcast when he committed to the team uh, with the Ohio State flag t- tied onto his John Deere tractor back home on the farm. But yeah, I mean, we're going to be cheering for Cade all season. We were last year. A lot of people forget, you know, if Cade doesn't go out of that Georgia game, uh, with back spasms, that, that's a, a big weapon that's taken off of the field for C.J. Stroud. And obviously everybody points to Marvin Harrison going down it, with, with 
with truth, and Adam and I talked about it last week, if Harrison finishes that game, the Buckeyes probably are national champions, which is an insane thing to think about. But Cade Stover, I mean, outside of the building, people aren't talking about him. Inside the building, it is clear, you know, based on what Day and Knowles and everybody has said, Cade is the number one tight end, and there's quite a bit of space between him and two. Um, he's going to be a reliable target for whoever the Buckeyes quarterback signal caller is going to be this year. Um, back to Stan. On Sonny Styles, I mean, not to hammer this home too far, but a guy from Pickerington, Ohio, right? Grows up a Buckeye fan. His dad, an unbelievable player. Um, but here, here's the deal. Sophomore year, right? True freshman last year comes into the program. This year, a sophomore. 6'4", 230 pounds. 6'4", 230 pounds. You're starting safety. Um, the dude is fast, and he can deliver hits. I think he's going to make a name for himself really quick on this defense. Um, I, and I can't wait. I mean, he it's him. And then, you know, if you were like, yeah, Ryan, who's your guy for Saturday? It'd be Travion Henderson. Travion Henderson, guys, uh, totally a little bit forgotten about as we got later into last season. Got dinged up, had some ankle injury uh, issues, uh, and, and kind of falls to the back of the pecking order in the running back room. Travion Henderson is a difference-making running back when healthy. Um, he's a guy that can break off, you know, hundred yard runs when he gets into the open field. It's from everything everybody said this camp, he's as healthy as he's been since he was a freshman. And if you want to point to his comp, right, Ohio State was in on him and Bijan Robinson, uh, you know, way back when, when it was between Texas and us for Bijan. Uh, and he's got the talent that I think he's going to live up to it this year. So really looking forward to a healthy Travion. I think they're going to share carries on Saturday, but I'm looking forward to it. With right. that, I just, yeah, I just want to chime in on that. I think, you know, that that, that was something I was thinking about talking about too was, you know, no one is really talking about Travion Henderson. I think I've only really seen, you know, some of the big 10, 10 guys talk about him just because they, they know him, but nowhere on, you know, ESPN, college football or anything is anyone really talking about him. And this guy broke some of Archie Griffin's records his freshman year, you know, and he started right out of the gate as a freshman and just, I mean, that, that 2021 season, he just, you know, broke out and we were, you know, so excited for him last season and he just battled injuries and, you know, just no one's talking about him, which is crazy to me. For sure. And I don't think it would surprise anybody on this podcast if he averaged a hundred yards a game this season. I mean, he's that type of player and even in a pass heavy offense, um, he's definitely going to get his carries. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get 10 to 15, you know, on Saturday, at least to get his feet wet. We don't need him to beat Indiana. But the flip side of that is if the QBs go out there and look shaky and we need to rely on something, man, do we have a running back room to be able to carry us in that game. And especially with a bit of a younger offensive line, three new starters on the offensive line. Um, it's easier to say, hey, go and run it than it is to, you know, pass block sometimes as you're getting your feet wet uh, out there on the field. But with that, can't wait for Saturday. You know, I'm, I'm going to probably watch the game twice as my guess. Uh, really looking forward to seeing so many of these guys out, out there on the field. And I think I'm ready to turn the page to everybody's favorite segment. The first of Adam's gambling corner of 2023. <laughs> well, I like ledge. Guten tag. <laughs> That's right, Ryan. Thank you. And everybody, welcome back. Everyone knows this is the one place on the internet you can go to find picks that are right 100% of the time. Anyway, we're going to get started. 
Miami of Ohio. This is the Great Miami Bowl, the inaugural Miami Bowl. Adam, decide- not to cut you off, actually nicknamed the Confusion Bowl. It has a wiki- Wikipedia page, the Confusion Bowl. The Miami, Confusion Florida. Bowl. Yep. Ryan, do you have a do you have an overall series record from the Confusion Bowl? The fact that there's a Wikipedia page. Uh, I'll get it. You start talking okay. about it. No, so Miami of Ohio, uh, located just in Oxford, just o- across the pond over Acton Lake, south of Preble County. You'll find uh, the, the humble abode, the, the ivy of the uh, public sector, if you will, Miami of Ohio, uh, very beautiful in the springtime, uh, one of the greatest ice hockey rinks, uh, maybe in the world. It's, it's first class. Um, they'll be taking on Co- Coach the, Katie Arena. Coach Katie Arena, obviously. They'll be taking on the gangsters, uh, hoodlums, uh, losers, swindlers of Miami, Florida, the gold chain, turnover, blah, blah, blah. Basically broken since Ohio State won their national championship against them some 20-odd years ago. Uh, yeah, Adam, so I, my, I have the series record if you're ready before we get into the yeah, pick. To the, what's the Confusion Bowl record? Let's go. I bet yeah. it's about even. In the Confusion Bowl, Miami Redhawks versus Miami Hurricanes. The first meeting between the two uh, kind of illustrious franchises Way back in 1945, right there, wrapping up the end of World War II, uh, they met on October 26, 1945, and in Miami, Florida, uh, the Hurricanes took that one 27 to 13. The all-time record between the two teams: three and zero. Miami, Florida, three wins versus Miami University. The largest victory being back in 1987. The Hurricanes beat the Red Hawks, back then the Redskins, excuse me, uh, 54-3. This is the fourth meeting between the two franchises. Back to the picks. Thank you, Ryan. And obviously we can't count that game against the overall record because that was when uh, the U was shaping into form pre-90s. But uh, anyway, back to the game. Guys, so Miami of Ohio has yet to to beat the the Hurricane. I think – I, I'm not going to go that far and push money line. I will be taking the points in Miami of Ohio. I think they're a sleeper pick this year for the Mac, and I think uh, they they will they may not you know be in the game, but I think 16 and a half, too many points. I think they'll, they will uh, they will cover the spread. So that's Adam's pick, and I will mark that in. Let's go around the uh, around the horn here. Yeah, I'm, Adam, I'll chime in next with you on this one. I, I as a as a Mac guy, love watching the Mac, love Miami. Um, I feel silly taking a Mac team against um, the Miami Hurricanes. I'm going to lay those points down. It's a lot of points, but I'm going to have to lay them down. Uh, you know, lay down 16 and a half. Stan Stanley. Eight. Some thoughts from Stanley. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys saw this week, but Miami of Ohio's quarterback, Brett Gabbert, did a press conference talking about the game. And, you know, he you know had some things to say of who the real Miami is and – you know, he said, we'll find out. And I think it's still going to be Miami Hurricanes, and I think they're going to cover. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> as a as a Maction guy like you guys, Bowling Green, Toledo, Miami, Ohio, Akron, all those teams, I just, you know, if I'm if I'm betting my own money, I'm, I'm throwing them on the Hurricanes. All right. Abram, how about you? And we yeah sorry my mute button's a little rough but hey uh, yeah I'm I uh, I think I have to agree with Stan there um, it's just you know when you're betting and you like you have to like try and remove yourself from your own brain to make a bet like you try and like 
all right, what my, what's my brain going to be thinking after Saturday's game? Like, why did I bet Miami of Ohio is, is what my brain, I feel like, is going to be thinking if, if I place that bet. And just from the standpoint, like, you know, heart versus brain type of thing. Uh, and, you know, that all goes back to what Stan said of just like, it's, it's Miami, Florida. And I feel like Miami of Ohio has been having a lot of fun with it, which is great. I love to see it. Um, but somehow I feel like the Hurricanes are going to take it too personally for no reason whatsoever and just like put, you know, put it to them and like win by 30 points or something, something stupid like that. That's so my head's at too. Yeah. Yeah. But but last year didn't did Miami lose to like Middle Tennessee at home, so you know this isn't they're, they're known for stuff like this. I mean, yeah, would, this you isn't out of question. You you are pushing me towards a Miami of Ohio money line bet, but that'll be <laughs> off the pod. All right, we're moving on to our next game: Penn State going to West Virginia. They're laying twenty and a half points, folks. Penn State has been on the cusp of, uh, I mean, th- they're the third best team in the Big Ten. Let me say that. And I think going into this year, I don't think many people would disagree with you there. West Virginia, I mean, they're close to where Stanley's from. I think they're more of a basketball school come March. Um, I think no this Huggins. No, now they're not even that. I will be uh, laying the points, going with James Franklin, something I rarely do, but I think he whoops this team. It's just a very Penn State thing to do. They look great week one. And then they get rolled by Michigan. They get rolled by Ohio State. And uh, a lot of they... people are picking Penn State to win the Big Ten. I've seen that in a lot of places okay, uh, so this I, year. I, I will wrap up and say I will be laying the points and uh, going with Penn State on this one. Didn't mean to cut you off, Adam, but you're fine. Um, you know, Penn State is a hot pick for a lot of folks, at least to win the East and the Big Ten. Uh, they're led by Ohio kid Drew Allaire. It's Matt Allaire or Drew? It's Drew Allaire, um, who who. A lot of people think it's going to be a pretty darn good quarterback. Um, I do believe in Penn State, but I don't believe in them 20 and a half points above West Virginia in the game. Their offense is getting to know each other. I'm going to I'm going to take those points. I'm plus 20. That and game a half. is in Happy Valley, just as a correction. But uh, okay. yeah, got you there on the plus money. Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, where, you know, where the game at? We've seen Penn State kind of struggle in some away games. Um, I know when they played Pitt a couple years ago at Pitt, yeah, that was really tough for them. Um, I don't know if I see Penn State covering, what was it, 20 and a half points. Uh, West Virginia's scrappy. We've seen them the last few years. I don't think they'll win, but I'm definitely taking West Virginia to cover. I love the parody in this. Abram, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, uh, going back – yeah, twenty-one points, like they like they said, uh, is just that's a lot of points for a. It, it is only twenty points. Twenty-one points, you win money. Well, I'm I'm on yeah, but it's just a lot of points for a power five versus power five game, um, especially one that we haven't even talked about yet. Uh, West Virginia, like maybe hates Penn State more than I do. Like there, there's a, there's this is a former rivalry, Big East, bit of a grudge match, whatever you want to call it, rivalry. Um, this is actually going to be a really good game. I think uh, it, it might come down to the fourth quarter, so I, I just don't see how three touchdowns is, is going to be feasible for them to win by. Uh, again, going back to like separating my brain from my body, what am I going to be thinking after Saturday's games? I just like I don't see – I'm going to be thinking – you know, wow! Look at all this hype of Penn State early on in the season. They were they were supposed to win the Big Ten. 
I think people might be laughing. So, Adam, I know you joked about Miami of Ohio money line. I might take West Virginia money line. <laughs> I love that. I, That's I'm an exciting. Hey, serious. I'm here for it. As somebody, you know, Abram Stanley and I, almost everybody on this podcast went to the Penn State game a few years back. And, uh, you know, we, we have a bond of hatred against that uh, against that university and against that team. And so I would love nothing more than West Virginia to, to come I, in and just I, say. Also have to say, I grew up closer to Morgantown than I did to Columbus. Um, so I got to stand in West Virginia here. Country roads take me home. Okay. Moving on to our final matchup of, of, the, of, the, of the weekend is Ohio State and the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, Ohio State is laying 30 points uh, as what I've gotten from my uh, betting outlets. It's a lot of points, folks. But this is a very good team, a very high-powered offense. Ohio State's uh, debuting a new starting quarterback, which could come with its own trials and tribulations. You know, you've you've got the C.J. Stroud initial quarterback against Minnesota, who struggles quite a bit. But you've got the Justin Fields starting quarterback, who is pretty much playing with his hair on fire from the get-go. So it could go one of either way. Two quarterbacks trying to prove themselves on our roster. Um, I can't help but go with the Ohio State Buckeyes in this matchup. I will be laying 30 points, folks. 30, that's three, count them four, count them four, plus a couple points of touchdowns. Let's go, Buckeyes. Uh, Ryan, you're up. This is real simple for me. In real life, I'm staying away from it. I'm probably not betting it at all. Uh, that's, in, that's not That's not what I asked. What do in you think? In this contest, I'm laying those points down, all right? Minus 30 points, that's nothing. We don't know who the quarterback is that's going to finish the game. We don't even know how many points we're going to score. Both of them Trevion playing... Henderson might score five touchdowns on his own. Both of them are playing for a starting job. you got to hope they're trying to both end the game with three in the touchdown category uh, on that box score, let alone what the rushers are going to get you. Lay the points. Stanley. We'll lay the points as well, obviously. That, you know, Ryan made a good point. When you have two quarterbacks battling for a start, you're not going to see handoffs in the fourth quarter. You're going to see quarterbacks pushing the ball down the field. And I just feel sorry that Indiana is the team that has to deal with this. But you know what? Give me the Buckeyes. Abram. Yeah, normally uh, 30 points for the first game of the year for Ohio State. I, I'm, you know – I'm I'm not I'm staying far away from that just because it never seems like we get we can get it together for that first game of the year, especially against a Big Ten team. But that being said, a lot of unknowns about um, Indiana's offense, probably a little unknown about their defense as well. And for that alone, I, I think somehow even if we're kind of visually garbage you know, due to other things we have going on or with our own team, I think somehow we still get like a 42 to nine score here. So yeah. Um, lay the points. All right, let's go folks. I like, I like the guesses. Adam has a chance to go three and O or, um, O and three, which is always electric to my guests. Um, I thank you for joining. Typically we would do a score prediction. We've got Abram marking one down, I think 42 to nine might be his guess. I don't know if that's his official guess. Um, it, yeah, lock it in. Lock, yeah, lock it in. I'm going to do 45 to 10 Ohio State as my guess for the game. Uh, Ryan, do you have one? 49 14. 49 14. Like it. Stanley? I got 52 10. 52. Oh, we're breaking 50. Let's go. Yep. 
and Abram was 42 to 3. It's, Ryan, it's, it's the season of Ryan Day playing loose. We saw that in the Georgia game. Like he, I said, he I, his, I, he I, feel, I feel bad at Indiana, but I don't feel bad at Indiana. He, he we, put we, his tie around his head, didn't he? He didn't care. There was some concern go. after last season that, you know, because Brian Hartline was upgraded to an offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator uh, is what I like to call it, because Ryan Day said last week he's still going to be calling plays, probably majority of the offensive plays, working Brian Hartline in there, which I think is awesome for him, you know, getting some good coaching experience, some coordinating. Um, just for you guys, you know, as you're, as you're referencing uh, – folks on the field, not on the field. Hartline and Day, both going to be on the field. Knowles up in the box, uh, and the new guy, Bailey, or uh, excuse me, Hensman, our offensive line coach is up in the box watching what's going on too. I forget what his name is. Keenan Bailey sounds right, but that might not be right. Um, And not for nothing, but Indiana's co-defensive coordinator, Matt Geary, uh, worked under Jim Knowles uh, all the way through Duke uh, up until last year at Ohio State. So, um, not sure if that affects what you think of this game, but they've, they've got a guy that was from our room. Yep. Coaching their safeties, Adam. I watched his press conference this week. Uh, I think he knows what's coming based on his personnel. Uh, he laughed and, and really was great with reporters, but, uh, I, just on the way he was answering questions, I feel like the receivers are going to have a lot of fun on Saturday. Hopefully that bodes to be true. Uh, with that, guys, awesome podcast. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to join us. Really appreciate it. Um, also want to just say to Abram and Stanley, thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. It always makes it fun when we have guests on. We'll definitely have you both back on at different points in this season. Uh, but with that, the people at home, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Silver, Silver Bullet. 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 What's a Hoosier? Bam, bam, bam. Go, bingo. Coach stays, I stay. Coach stays, I stay. Coach goes, I go. Go, my guy. 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 Go